Well, hello and welcome to Behind the Mic Podcast with Taylor Medic. This first episode is just a bit of a little introduction uh, to myself and what the podcast is going to be all about. And I really appreciate you uh, really just downloading and listening to the first couple of seconds here and hopefully haven't uh, turned this off and you're going to continue to listen. I thought of this idea uh, amidst everything going on um, when uh, there's not a lot of sports on and, and fans uh, are are having to watch their favorite sports uh, on TV and not uh, not in in person um, with the uh, the current situation in the world with COVID nineteen and and the fact that. Uh, humans have to now uh, be socially distant, or at least fans have to be socially distanced right now, in order for these uh, professional leagues and 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 amateur and minor sports to continue right now, and not being able to to go to the rink and uh, and watch games. And thus, I think we're now we're we're watching television and sports a lot more. We're more engaged uh, on different platforms, especially. Uh, in regards to uh, to sports broadcasting, and I thought, man, it would be really great to dive in to some conversations with the ones that are calling the action, the ones that are on the air throughout the day, on the radio, on the television, and even potentially the ones that are writing the news regarding sports. Uh, and I think it, this is an opportunity for a conversation. Um, with so many great minds in the uh, sports broadcasting world. And who better to talk about sports broadcasters than sports broadcasters themselves? So you can ask uh, your favorite uh, play-by-play man. And if you ask them who do they like talking about the most, it's probably themselves. So I think it's a great opportunity to uh, dive into some conversations with some really great people about sports broadcasting. And, uh, and and just really broadcasting in general or, or maybe um, going into uh, the realms of, uh, of producing sports radio and, uh, and booking guests and that sort of thing and interviews and how to conduct them and that sort of things and uh, some great stories from along the years. Uh, that's what I'm going to try and do uh, with my guests that uh, I get on, just, uh, just story time, really. And if uh, we can bring you some information and some really funny tidbits about, uh, you know, life on the road, life calling games, whether it's hockey, football, baseball, and uh, and just bring, uh, you know, some perspective into things and what's it like in the world of sports broadcasting. It's one of those jobs where uh, you're highly criticized uh, or highly praised, um, especially, you know, in Canada. Uh, if you're watching uh, Hockey Night in Canada on uh, on CBC or Sportsnet, and uh, you're listening to the broadcasters that uh, are calling the games, definitely uh, there's some fan favorites and there's some uh, not so fan favorites. That's uh, that's for sure. But it's uh, it's an interesting dynamic uh, the way we uh, analyze our uh, our sports broadcasters, and I think it'll be a lot of fun having some of those people on and discussing. Uh, a lot of things, uh, especially their careers and uh, and their path to uh, to where they are now, and uh, I and I'm hoping that this can be an informative podcast, uh, um, as well as uh, as fun and some content that can uh, be created, um, and for you to uh, enjoy it and gain a little uh, insight on what it's like to 
uh, work in sports broadcasting and even potentially if you're an aspiring broadcaster if you want to start your own podcast but you're not too sure but you like talking about sports we want to be able to bring you some information and some insight and some ideas on maybe how to do that my name is taylor medic I was in uh, broadcasting for almost 10 years through my 20s. Uh, I went to school for broadcasting, a radio and television diploma from the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, a very famous school, especially in Western Canada, for uh, producing some some very fine talent, uh, not only throughout... uh, Western Canada, where it's based in Edmonton, but uh, there's uh, many alumni that uh, are now uh, on a national scale that have gone on to do some great things uh, in Canada and uh, and the United States. Uh, For me, uh, I love sports growing up, a big hockey fan, and uh, when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do uh, after high school, after graduating high school, and where to go to school and what to take, uh, everyone goes through that, and I, uh, I, I said to myself, well, "What do I really, what do I really like to do?" And that, uh, and that was talk sports. That was talk sports, be it hockey, football, baseball, golf, highlight, you name it. Uh, I like talking about it. I like discussing those things, and uh, and so I, uh, you know, did a little research, and uh, I, I wanted to go to uh, Ryerson University in Toronto. They have a great uh, television program and broadcasting program uh, back then, and and I'm sure they still do now. It's probably evolved a little bit more from basic uh, radio and television and uh, and journalism as well. Um, I remember going out to uh, Toronto to to look at the school uh, when I was uh, 19, uh, and uh, was very excited. At, uh, at that possibility of maybe going out there, looked into uh, trying to uh, potentially go to uh, Nate at the time when I was, uh, you know, in the uh, late stages of the teen years and going into the 20s. Uh, ultimately, um, elected not to uh, apply to uh, radio and television school at that time and ended up. Uh, going to the University of Alberta for one year. But in that time, in that first year of university, I uh, really looked at uh, at a big picture and, and decided uh, that I, I really wanted to go into uh, broadcasting. I wanted to do play-by-play. Uh, that was uh, that was the dream job. Uh, and uh, I decided that uh, after uh, three-quarters of the way through uh, a year at the uh, University of Alberta, that uh, the next year I would apply to... Uh, uh, get into uh, the radio television program at uh, at Nate. Uh, the big thing about uh, getting into those types of schools uh, only two intakes a year and small class sizes. So you have to write uh, a career study, a bit, a bit of a paper to try and get into convince uh, to getting uh, accepted. And that was a lot of fun uh, doing that and uh, doing some research and and part of the criteria that they have uh, set out for you doing these uh, these uh, career studies and career reports is to go to, uh, whether it be at a television station, a radio station, whatever field you wanted to work in is uh, to go there, to ask questions, to show that uh, you took the time and, and you really cared about something 
and and getting uh, and wanting to get into this program that you're taking the time to ask the questions to see what uh, what uh, the life is uh, is all about and uh, I uh, I was able to, uh, to talk to a few people I had known that had gone into uh, the radio and television program before and interviewed uh, them with some questions but uh, the biggest one was I wanted to get to the local sports station in uh, in Edmonton and uh, that was at the time uh, 1260 AM team 1260 and it was uh, a smaller station at the time uh, definitely uh, a niche station that's for sure but uh, but popular uh, nonetheless among uh, the uh, the sports talk radio listeners uh, in Edmonton, and I was able to uh, get uh, a quick little interview with uh, the program director and host of the morning show, Bryn Griffiths, uh, who uh, ultimately gave me my first job in radio. Um, it was uh, a great day. I remember um, either uh, late March of uh, 2008 uh, or early, uh, really close to early April. And um, it, showing up, uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was really exciting. Um, I uh, was able to uh, talk to Bryn and uh, and talk about uh, what it was like uh, working in uh, in sports radio. And uh, by the end of it, end of the conversation, uh, he had offered me a job, and it uh, it entailed. Uh, working at the uh, at the station uh, Tuesday nights on uh, a hockey show called the the Pipeline Show, and it was all about uh, hockey prospects and uh, and the, the junior and college leagues uh, in North America as well as internationally, um, where with a heavy emphasis on uh, on discussing teams' prospects and the uh, that year's draft and getting the the big prospects and uh, on the uh, on the air and uh, just. Uh, talking uh, about uh, their careers thus far and talking about certain teams. Um, again, minor, college, pro, uh, semi-pro, or minor pro. And, uh, and it was a great time, and I uh, got the opportunity to work with uh, host Guy Flaming and uh, Dean Millard. They were fantastic. Uh, I was the technical producer uh, for the show and got to do updates. I, it was really awesome getting right involved right away. There's nothing more fun i uh, i thought uh, than hearing the uh that uh, that uh, sports music the sports center theme especially too being affiliated with espn radio um when that music hits getting to do the sports update uh, there's nothing more fun than that uh, at the time that i thought and hearing that and then getting to do a, a sports read uh and an update uh, right out of the right out of the gate and it was pretty awesome getting a, a job in radio before uh, being accepted into uh, into broadcasting school, so um, that was uh, the start uh, of my time at uh, at TSN, then Team Twelve Sixty, which eventually became TSN Twelve Sixty, for a good uh, almost uh, almost ten years there, uh, which was uh, a lot of fun, and, uh, and and getting the opportunity to uh, work with the, some many great uh, great names in the Edmonton sports radio scene. And ultimately, um, holding positions uh, on numerous shows at different times, um, which included producing as well as uh, on-air hostings, and uh, it was a blast. Uh, you know, you, you learn a lot uh, working with a lot of people, and I'm definitely uh, forever grateful. And I, I can't wait to share some stories and have 
the guys that I worked with uh, on this podcast uh, to uh, to have a lot of fun in a conversation and, and and that's the idea too is I want to have this podcast as uh, you know conversation with not only myself but going behind the mic with my guest and uh, and discussing their careers and, and I want you whoever is listening to this downloading the episodes to feel like you're right there and having uh, and being involved in the conversation with us uh, so uh, a, a fantastic time working in uh, in Edmonton at uh, at team 1260 then TSN 1260 um, which uh, really laid the groundwork for an opportunity to ultimately get into uh, play-by-play I was uh, the producer for the uh, the Team 1260 morning show, the Nielsen and Chase show, uh, for uh, a bit of time. And uh, Kyle Chase, one of the co-hosts, he now is the general manager of the Sherwood Park Crusaders of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Then he was uh, governor and uh, and a uh, part owner of the uh, of the team. And uh, I loved junior hockey growing up. Um, uh, Sherwood Park. Went to a lot of games, just lived uh, on the east end of Edmonton uh, and drove into uh, Shirt Park a lot to watch games with my dad. They were uh, one of my favorite teams growing up. Had an opportunity to try out for the team as well when I was 18. Uh, we we won't really discuss much of my hockey career because there wasn't really any, but uh, working for Shirt Park, working for the team that I uh, watched a lot growing up and ultimately had a chance to try out for uh, and then uh, working for them um, for eight seasons uh, was a blast um, to say the least and uh, and Kyle got me that opportunity um, working with him and, and knowing him and, and him knowing that play by play was a goal of mine and uh, and I'll never forget the call one day when he had said uh, I need a guy, I need a sure thing and I know that uh, I know that uh, <laughs> you, you're that man and, uh, and that was uh, awesome to hear those words to uh, to hear that uh, we want you to be uh, our play-by-play man uh, was was fantastic and uh, and so that uh, that was eight great seasons uh, working in Sherwood Park and and really allowing me to not only do the the play-by-play but uh, morphing into uh, the uh, the public relations and media relations side of things as well as communications and you know uh, that's that's just such great experience um, for anyone getting an opportunity to work for a junior team. You definitely wear uh, a lot of hats, as uh, as uh, a friend once told me, and uh, I really had an opportunity to um, really add to my skill set. And uh, and and as uh, those years went on in Sherwood Park, uh, going into uh, a communications and media relations role was certainly a, a role that uh, I wanted to get uh, into in the next level. Um, ultimately, it didn't happen, but, um, you know, that uh, was kind of the direction that uh, I wanted to go um, once getting, uh, uh, you know, in with, the, in with the hockey team. And uh, some, great, uh, some great memories there. I mean, there's the thing I miss most, I, I think, about uh, broadcasting right now and, and play-by-play and, and working for a team is going to the rink every day and uh, and having a conversation uh, with uh, whether it be the coaches or players, trainer, you name it. Uh, and, and game day 
game day um, was fun. I mean, no matter who you are working for a team or playing for a team or a coach, uh, there's nothing like game day, whatever your role is. Um, you got a pep in your step. Um, you have a, just a, an air of confidence about you, it seems, uh, knowing that you're getting to go to the rink and preparing. And uh, and those were a lot of fun those days, uh, blocking off uh, whatever job I was doing that was paying a little more money to uh, to stay afloat, uh, booking those days off to uh, to solely focus on game day. Uh, you miss those days, that's for sure. And and I think any current broadcaster and play-by-play man um, that uh, that covers a team, uh, there's nothing you ask them about game day, and I think there's there's nothing like that, which is. Uh, which is a lot of fun, and we'll be able to chat with people um, down uh, down the road with uh, with what it's like preparing for a game day. I think a lot of people uh, going into school that want to uh, do play-by-play, uh, whatever sport it is, um, you know, any little any little nuance they can find, any little tip that can help them call a better game, they want to find out. Everyone's got their little tips and tricks, and we'll certainly share those um, with. Uh, with the people we talk to on this podcast because there's a lot to there's a lot to discuss and it's pretty funny how things can get passed down um in terms of uh you know memorization of players names little cheat sheets how you like to do that um you know that's uh that's gonna be a lot of fun um and and that's the uh, you know the gist of my uh, my career. I mean, there's there's more to it. Um, the you know working in Shored Park in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, that opened a lot more avenues as well um, to uh, to working uh, with Hockey Canada and uh, and getting to call some of their events uh, online. Uh, that was uh, partnered with uh, with Fast Hockey, which is a great provider of uh, of internet broadcasting for. Uh, for hockey teams, uh, again at the at the junior and uh, collegiate level, as well as uh, you know several uh, age categories below that, as well, they do a fantastic job, and that was a lot of fun um, getting those opportunities to travel throughout Western Canada uh, to uh, to take in and call some uh, hockey Canada action, and you know getting opportunities to uh, to see. Uh, teams and players from other countries, uh, international games that are a lot of fun, especially uh, when you have to learn names uh, within a span of uh, a couple hours. That's uh, that's always a lot of fun. Uh, while I worked in Shored Park, still was able to uh, to juggle time um, with uh, with twelve sixty and, and the Pipeline Show with Guy and Dean. And uh, as the years evolved, um, got more involved. Um, and uh, into mo- of a more on-air presence um and uh and that was a great time uh as well um you know opportunities uh to host uh, to fill in for uh, for hosts during uh, certain times of the day um was called upon and that was a lot of fun getting the opportunity to uh, to talk to people that you normally wouldn't talk to on on the show that you work on and and to venture out and and talk things like football or baseball um it was great and that's what that's what you know sports broadcasting is about and, and broadcasting in general and uh, and radio specifically it's uh it's not so much about the money it's about the experiences and and certainly for many years the experiences outweighed uh, outweighed the paycheck and it was a uh, it was great uh, getting to meet a lot of people and networking was a big thing as well um you know in those times in the uh 
in the teen years of the, of the 2000s right now. I think uh, networking certainly has uh, made its place uh, in any in any field, and certainly in broadcasting, that helps out a lot. Uh, and, uh, and and I hope to discuss uh, a lot of things along those lines uh, with uh, with guests down the road. You know, broadcasting right now, um, if you're in Canada uh, and you're paying attention to the news, uh, a lot of uh, recognizable names being let go uh, with budget cuts. Uh, uh, Bell Media had, had the latest one, and you definitely uh, saw the, uh, the roster of, of casualties, and it's tough. And, and, and working in that industry, uh, you don't expect it, but you know that it's there. And, uh, and I think... It's probably harder um, for. It definitely is harder for for the full time people than, and the people that uh, have worked in, uh, in 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 markets where they've been for a long time, um, because it could come at you as a surprise, uh, and and I'm sure it came to to most people as a as a big surprise as uh, as the latest cuts uh, that have happened in in late 2020 and early 2020, 2021. Pardon me, that. Uh, it's, it just you know it sucks um, being somewhere probably for so long and then one day being uh, you know having your legs chopped out uh, from under you like that. Uh, it's a cutthroat business. It's um, you know it's old school um, a little bit in a sense um, uh, how uh, people can be uh, uh, taken out from their jobs. Um, but uh, I, I don't think, and the people that we'll talk to is, I don't think you have you have to think like that. Uh, certainly, you have to be aware that it can happen. But to uh, to go into work scared every day and look over your shoulder in that sense and be uh, be worried about uh, oh this could be the last day, um, it's tough to have that uh, that mindset mindset and be successful. Um, I think anyone will tell you that, and it's going to be interesting for the guests that we can talk to. If uh, you know if, if they've been through that, if they've been through that, and, and what that's like in terms of uh, you know, your mental health and having to deal with that, I think those will be great conversations, very educative, as well. If we can have those discussions on what it is like to lose a job, um, I have been demoted uh, at uh, at certain points. Um, I uh, was a co-host of a of the night show on our on our station at one time, and um, a change uh, was made by. Uh, by my superior didn't like it um still kept on uh to work on other shows but it it was a it was a tough pill to swallow not uh you know not being able to uh still work on uh, on a show that you really loved um so those are conversations that uh you know we can have with our guests to uh, to learn how to uh, to cope and deal with those situations and that's really the goal of uh you know again this podcast is we want to be informative we want to share stories and we want to give advice um, to help. Uh, if we can really just help one person each show uh, learn something new, I think we're doing our job. Uh, and that's that's a good thing about podcasts. And obviously, if we can get some laughs and uh, and uh, and hear some good stories, uh, I think uh, you know it's going to be a lot of fun working forward. We're gonna you know we're I, I'm going to use my network uh, right away you know my inner circle and and we'll we'll build out from there in getting guests and i i think we'll be able to uh you know we'll be able to have big names we'll be able to have uh, no names and uh we'll be able to have uh people that you've never heard of but 
at the same time will have fantastic advice um, and you know it's just great to be in in a conversation right now especially in the world where we are a little isolated uh, in North America um, with uh, with lockdowns and restrictions and, and having to be uh, socially distanced from people where I am right now currently in the, in the middle of February uh, only households can hang out with each other um, you can't go to a re- uh, you know meet your friend at a restaurant uh, unless you're single if you live with uh, roommates um, you can only stick to them and um, pretty much uh, and, and that's tough uh, for a lot of people and I think certainly um, content has helped uh, people through uh, through difficult times right now and I think uh, there's a an opportunity to have uh, some fun discussions with with some people and and that uh, hopefully can uh, keep you entertained if uh, you know if you have to be hunkered down at the moment if you're not working because of restrictions or or you're just not working because of uh, you know, a company not being able to pay you it's uh, it's certainly tough uh, right now um, every guest I get on um, I'm going to have 10 questions, uh, kind of a speed round, uh, 10 questions to, uh, to discuss, uh, you know, some, some favorites of theirs. Uh, and I'll go through the mine, my answers right now. I'll go through the questions right now. And these are the questions that uh, I will ask every guest, uh, that I have to kind of wrap up, uh, an episode. And we're going to go for, we're going to try to go, uh, well, an hour, um, at least with with some people and there's gonna be some guys that uh you know like i said uh who better like talking about themselves than sports broadcasters themselves so um we can have conversations with people that uh, could spend uh, quite some time but it'll be fun it'll be fun um but these uh, next 10 questions are going to be questions that i'm going to ask every single guest um and it'll be uh, interesting to uh to hear their their answers. Uh, so first question, favorite sport to call. Uh, for me, it's hockey. That's really what all uh, I really, uh, I really did. Um, never got the opportunity to, or never really attempted to, to, to venture out into, uh, to call other sports. Um, you know, I don't have many regrets. Uh, uh, and I don't think it's one of them, but that's simply, certainly, uh, I wish I, uh, maybe had tried to venture a little bit more, but, uh, I stuck to, uh, to hockey uh, question number two favorite team to call well if it's hockey that I like calling uh, and mostly did uh, junior A games got the uh, opportunity a couple times to do uh, to do color for the Western Hockey League uh, broadcast on our station with the Edmonton Oil Kings uh, with Corey Graham uh, that was a lot of fun uh, especially doing it uh, at uh, at uh, Rogers uh, Rogers Place the uh, new downtown arena in uh, in Edmonton uh, favorite team to call uh, well it had to have been um, you know working with Sherd Park um, it would have been the Brooks Bandits um, they uh, have dominated uh, the Junior A circuit in uh, in Canada for uh, the last uh, 10 years um, and uh, you just have to look up uh, the team and, and what uh, Ryan Papanawano has done with uh, with his group uh, capturing uh, national titles and league championships 
Uh, they only came to uh, Sherd Park once a year, and those were always the best games, and they were just a fantastic team to watch. Uh, lots of skilled players. Um, most recognizable name would be uh, Kale McCarr, um, now with the uh, Colorado Avalanche defenseman. Um, he was a treat to call. Um, and that's my next uh, next question will be favorite player. Uh, and and I got to think about this quick. And, you know, Kale McCarr was great, but, you know, only saw him twice uh, in my in my career. Um, I'm just trying to think right off the top of my head. Um, uh, you know, a, a name that won't uh, might not ring out to a few people, but he was in Sherwood Park, uh, Tyler Maltby. Uh, big power forward for the Crusaders um, was just a treat to watch uh, in one of his his uh, his final years uh, of playing with the Crusaders. Uh, it was very close. He was very close to uh, to scoring fifty goals, and up until that point, um, near uh, the uh, 2015-2016 season, um, no one had scored. Uh, 50 goals in the Alberta Junior Hockey League for for quite some time, and there was uh, there was potential that uh, uh, Tyler could uh, could score 50 in that year, and uh, unfortunately that uh, that didn't happen. But uh, just to watch uh, him uh, be able to put the puck in the net uh, was uh, was quite neat. Um, best team to be around? I mean, you have to pick your. Uh, your team that you work for, and it was the Short Park Crusaders. Um, and I think anyone will say, uh, whoever they work for, uh, if uh, there's been a team that uh, uh, they've been uh, calling for, for all their career, it's going to be that team. Um, so the best team to be uh, be around was the, uh, the Short Park uh, Crusaders. Uh, question number five, favorite venue? Uh, well, for me, uh, in terms of being able to cover uh, a sporting event as uh, as uh, a member of the media, um, we got to go to uh, Rexall Place, the old uh, Northlands Coliseum, Edmonton Coliseum, uh, watching the Oilers games and covering them. Um, so to the opportunity to uh, to go into that uh, building, a uh, building where I worked at uh, when I was a teenager uh, as an usher, um, going there as a member of the media it was a lot of fun to watch the games from the press box um it was uh an it, you know old school rink where the press box was hung up by beams um rather than it really being a, a floor um so you know getting <laughs> it you had to be uh, okay with heights that's for sure um working that and, and it's an old stadium that uh, that had one of those uh, those press boxes that you normally don't see anymore in the uh, in the new buildings um, the XL Energy Center is another great building. Uh, got to uh, go down to a Frozen Four for that, uh, and when it was hosted there, uh, and uh, and that's a great uh, venue as well. That was kind of a, a rink where um, a lot of, from what I've heard, a lot of other cities have sent teams to uh, that specific building, the XL Energy Center in Saint Paul, Minnesota. And that, and nitpicking um, some of the features that that building has, and, and that you see in a lot of uh, rinks uh, today, and and, st- and and stadiums and arenas uh, in North America and all over the world. Um, if you'll notice any new buildings, um, 
especially the biggest one I think is the uh, at the top of the lower bowl having the railings where you can have the standing room um, on that level I don't think that had been done um, until uh, the XL Energy Center was built um, and then number six uh, favorite city I like to uh, want, I want to ask our guests um, and maybe favorite venue and favorite city kind of tie in together but at the same time you could be going to a city that has a great uh, a great arena but uh, maybe not your most favorite city but uh, favorite city for me um, I always <laughs> I always enjoy, enjoyed going to Bonneville, Alberta um, whether it uh, was for uh, Sherd Park Crusader games or a couple times I was uh, called upon to uh, fill in for their radio play-by-play man uh, Rob Hunter um, who is uh, was a f- uh, he is a fantastic uh, man and, and was a fantastic help for uh, for me um, anytime I had to uh, venture down to Bonneville um, so that, and it, everyone made you feel welcome that was a lot of fun uh, not only uh, doing some Pontiac games on the radio but as well as uh, calling uh, uh, a World Junior A Challenge um, in Bonneville, which was a lot of fun uh, as well. Number seven, one sport uh, you wanted to cover or call but never did. Uh, For me, I'd probably say football. Uh, I love football. Uh, Played a little bit uh, growing up, peewee, and then uh, again in high school. Um, wish I would have played uh, all three years of high school football if I wasn't um, too focused on hockey. Um, yeah, I, I love football hard, though, from what I hear. A lot of names to remember. Um, you have to be certainly uh, organized. Um, and uh, I think that would have been, uh, that would have been great to, uh, to have some uh, football broadcasts. Uh, under your belt uh, number eight favorite job well it has to be working for the Sherd Park Crusaders doing uh, play-by-play uh, as well as uh, some communications uh, roles uh, as well number nine favorite broadcaster uh, two-part question it will be favorite broadcaster active and all-time uh, for me active right now I love Tony Romo uh, I think he's the best analyst uh, not only in football but in sports uh, and uh, feel free to uh, debate uh, debate that with me uh, if you want. Um, but I uh, I love Tony Romo. Uh, I think he's great. He's he's smart. He really brings you into the game and, and can give you an insight on what uh, what teams and coaches are thinking on a certain play. Uh, All time, well, I mean, there's being in Canada and uh, and watching hockey night in Canada. Um, you'd think I'd say Bob Cole. I'm not. Uh, Bob Cole's great. Uh, great, uh, great voice, recognizable sound. Um, Chris Cuthbert is uh, still active, um, uh, I, but I, I really love the uh, the late great uh, Don Whitman. Um, you know, for CBC, uh, he was a man that uh, not only called uh, uh, great hockey games. Um, but uh, did uh, a tremendous job calling uh, CFL football games and uh, and Olympics as well. Um, he, uh, you know, a very famous call um, with Canada winning the four by one hundred relay gold medal in Atlanta. Um, he was great. Um, I mean, and you can really have a 
a bit of a all time list, uh, but right <laughs> right now I, I really love Don Whitman um, as an all time great, uh, and Chris Cuthbert. Uh, I think one day, well, you can make a debate that he's um, he could be someone's uh, active and all time uh, favorite uh, broadcaster. And then number ten, um, this will be a fun one to ask uh, any of my guests, and it's. Uh, it's going to be who should be be on this uh, this podcast. Who should be behind the mic? Um, and there's a lot of names I would love to get, uh, and I'm sure that you would want to, to hear. Uh, maybe not so much me interviewing them, <laughs> but uh, I will. I will try. Um, I'd love to get Jim Nance on, uh, CBS broadcaster. He's been doing everything for years: football, basketball, golf. You name it, uh, Jim Nance for CBS uh, would be great. I mean, all the greats. Joe Buck, uh, that, that's current right now, uh, especially in the States. The United States has a lot of great uh, great broadcasters. Uh, so that's that's really the podcast in a nutshell, Behind the Mic with Taylor Medic. Um, and I gave you a little synopsis on, on my career right there, and hopefully that's the last of me talking about myself. And then... Uh, yeah, stay tuned for episode two. We're going to try and get someone on, someone uh, that was uh, very close to me in getting uh, me started and, and helping me in my success and uh, in, in, in broadcasting. And, and, uh, and someone will have a lot of great insights. So stay tuned for episode two uh, Behind the Mic with Taylor Medic. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. I can't wait to uh, share the conversation I'll have next.